0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Inspired Love Program is now open for enrollment. If you've wanted to work with me in 2023, this is your opportunity, and you can apply now by going to inspiredloveprogram.com. When you go to that page, you'll have the opportunity to look over some information about the program. You can send in your application if you're ready to apply. And once your application is approved, you'll be able to book a discovery call with our team to find out if this program is the right thing for you. I'm very excited about what we're gonna be doing in the program this year, and I want you to be there. So if you feel like this is the thing for you, go apply now and we cannot wait to meet you on your discovery call. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Shane here, as always. It's a pleasure, and I'm very excited to be back with you today. Um, Today's podcast is, is a big one. You know, the topic for today, I'll just get started with that, is the incredible power of equality. When you see yourself as equal to everyone, it changes every aspect of your life. Now, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I just wanna let you know about some exciting things that are happening. Now, first of all, we are in the last week of enrollment for Inspired Love. So those of you who are on the fence, it is time to get off of the fence, book your call with us so we can get the process started and find out if this program is right for you. Second thing I wanna let you know is we are opening up two 100% tuition-paid scholarships for the Inspired Love program. One is going to be for a single mother. Another one is going to be for a student. So if you fit either of those criteria, head over to inspiredloveprogram.com and go ahead and apply for those scholarships. Last thing I want to let you know is this Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I am hosting a completely free workshop where you and I can connect. I'm going to share some amazing things with you. I'm going to do a live Q&A with the audience. You can ask me any questions you want to ask face-to-face, and I'm also going to share some special details about the Inspired Love program. But this workshop is not only about the Inspired Love program, so even if you don't plan to attend... Make sure you attend this workshop because it is going to be incredible. So if you follow me on Instagram, make sure to keep your eyes open for all the info about the workshop. We're going to be posting about it all over the place. But for those of you who only listen to the podcast, you'll be able to find the link to register for the workshop in the podcast description. Okay, so make sure you look in the podcast description. Click that link. The workshop is completely free. You can register right now and we'll see you there on Saturday. All right, so that's everything I wanted to let you know about. Now, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. And what I really want to speak about today is this power of recognizing yourself as an equal with everyone and not seeing yourself as better or worse than anyone else, but really recognizing this inherent equality that exists within each of us. And when you embody that, when you step into that, when that becomes the truth for you, there's a, there's a transformation that happens that is incredibly, incredibly profound in the way that you experience yourself, in the way that you relate to other people. If you're single and dating, in the way that you show up to dating, it just, it changes everything. And I really want you to understand how powerful this is and why it's so important. And I've been talking a lot about the Inspired Love Program. And I know those of you who are with me have heard me talking about it and even in that, like if there's if there's one thing that we really achieve with the work we do in the program, it is aiming very much at this, aiming very much at this experience of feeling equality among you and everyone else and what comes out of that. So I want to really talk about that today. And And first, I want to really shed some light on why we don't feel equal to other people. And in fact, if you really... Get honest with yourself about this. And I know this, this could be a touchy subject. And even as I say that, some of you are probably like, I don't think I'm better than anyone. I feel like I'm everyone's equal. Well, you know, if you're just going to be on a surface level like that, then, you know, maybe you won't really understand what I'm talking about. But if you really look at what's going on within your own mind, you will see that there is a lot happening that does not identify as being equal with other people. But there is a lot that's going on within your own mind that is actually separating you from other people. And the way that we separate ourselves from other people is by making ourselves less than or by making ourselves better than. And our egos, which I've spoken a lot about the ego, and the ego is really, just to say it simply, is it's the part of us that feels the need to protect. It's the part of us that feels on guard. It feels the need to defend. It feels the need to control. It feels the need to manipulate. It's constantly run by the fear of, I'm not going to get what I want, or I'm going to miss out, or I'm going to get rejected, or I'm going to get hurt. And the ego is constantly living with these fears and trying to overcompensate for these fears. And the ego causes you to think in a way or causes you to view life in a way in which it separates you from other people. And separation is inequality because equality creates connection. Equality creates a kind of open flow of love, of acceptance, of understanding, of connection, right? That's something that comes through equality. And so anytime you're separating yourself from other people, you're going to do that by making yourself better than others or by making yourself less than others. So let's talk about how this really happens. Like, why is it that we do this? Like, what's going on for us that causes us to do this? And I mean, this is not new for those of you who listen to the podcast. Like, you've heard me speak into these kinds of things before. But what happens is, very early in life, we experience wounding. We experience pain. We experience trauma. And and I think, you know, largely, this depends on the degree of your trauma. And I've said many times, some of you have very extreme trauma. Like some of you have been through just extreme, extreme abuse or different things that might have happened in your life. Some of you have less extreme trauma, right? Some of you have the kind of trauma that everybody experiences. And what I found is for the people who have very, very deep and severe trauma, their tendency is going to be to believe that they are fundamentally less than other people. So if you've been deeply hurt, deeply abused, if you've been in some some form of deep trauma or deep abuse has happened in your life, there is probably going to be a deep-seated belief in you that you are less than other people, that other people have something you don't, that they're special in some way. They have some attractiveness that you don't have. They have some intelligence that you don't have. They have some special skill or some special ability or the, the ability to connect with other people. You're, you're going to fundamentally believe that you are missing something that other people have. And that's for people who experience severe trauma. I find that there's a fundamental belief that you are less than other people as a result of extreme trauma. Now, for those of you who didn't experience necessarily extreme trauma, you just experienced the kind of trauma that all of us experience, right? Which is being rejected, which is being left out of friend groups, which is being, you know, losing at competitions or, I mean, just, you know, this is the kind of trauma that it's, it's not like a, a huge life event that happened to you that like solidified your limiting beliefs in a really concrete way but it's more of a it's it's more of just throughout your life life has just chipped away at you a little bit life has just you know you got rejected by your friends and you got left out of this group and you couldn't fit in and the boy or girl you liked didn't like you back and you know all these like little traumas that they're not severe they're things we all experience but what happens is as we go through life they just chip away at us little by little and with each experience with each disappointment with each heartbreak with each rejection we just believe in ourselves a little bit less. Now, what I've found with the people who experience what I'll call just regular trauma, right? Let's just It's the kind of trauma we all experience. People who have experienced the regular traumas of life, they could go one way or the other. Now, they could still firmly develop a belief that they are less than other people, and that often happens. But what they can also do is feel an insecurity a fear, a doubt, uh, I'm afraid I'm not enough, I'm afraid I won't be accepted, I'm afraid I'm not lovable. And rather than letting that go all the way to the extreme of fundamentally believing you're less than other people, what you do as a reaction to that is you develop an over-inflated ego and you try to put yourself above other people. And so the reason why putting yourself above other people always comes from underneath it, some kind of insecurity, some kind of fear, is because the only reason you would ever want to be above another person is because you doubt yourself on the inside. Right? That is the only reason you would ever want to put yourself above another person. Is because you doubt yourself on the inside. And truth is, I don't want to say that, I don't want to say that it's always one way or the other, that it's always less than or it's always greater than. Because if you look at your experience, what you'll probably find is that throughout your life, you have often vacillated between better than and less than. In certain situations, in certain environments, it's very easy in certain with certain people certain relationships it's very easy to feel better than and to put yourself above that person and in other relationships it's very easy to feel less than and what will often happen is even with the same exact person you might you might start dating someone or start getting to know someone and you're feeling like oh yeah I'm you know maybe I'm out of their league or I'm a level above them or you might in some way be placing yourself above this person And then something happens, the energy changes, you start to feel them slipping away. And, and then you suddenly revert to being less than them, right? It's like, it's one of the most ego crushing experiences that you could ever have to, to start dating someone and immediately place yourself above them. And then just a few months later, you revert to being less than them. And now you're desperate for their attention, right? And usually all that happened there. Like usually the only thing that happened there was they rejected you or something. And then the moment they reject you, it triggers your, oh my God, I'm not enough stuff. And then you went from being better than them to less than them. And some of us tend to live more on one side. So some of us tend to live more on, I always feel that I'm less than others. Some of us tend to live more on, I always feel that I'm better than others. And we can sometimes live more on one side and we can sometimes vacillate from side to side. But what I want you to realize is it doesn't really matter which side of the spectrum that you're on. Feeling less than others or feeling better than others, it's two sides of the same coin. And I want to tell you, when it comes to love, you are equally fucked either way. Just to say it straight up, like you are equally in trouble either way when it comes to love, whether you feel less than others, whether you feel better than others you are playing the same kind of game that does not work. Because it's not about feeling less than or better than others. It's not that, well, I've spent most of my life feeling less than and I want to find a way to feel better than and when I feel better than, then I'm going to be great. No, then you're just going to create more separation. You're just going to create more disconnection by feeling better than other people. Some of you might say, well, I feel I'm always better and I feel like I need to be humbled. Well, yeah, you maybe you do need to be humbled. But humility would not bring you to less than. Humility would only bring you to equal. And so what we're talking about today is the incredible power of seeing yourself as equal to everyone else. And getting off of this trap of always being less than, or better then because as i've said you are equally screwed either way because i remember when i was in aa and um, this is you know over a decade ago now going 12 13 years ago something like that but when i first went to aa and this was like my first step in getting my life together you know i i had i'd gotten out of jail i had nothing i was like alone in the world trying to like put my life back together i was 20 years old and i needed help right i needed help and i went to aa like i needed to get sober i needed to get some life skills i needed to like get things together and this was like my first kind of spiritual awakening i would say was when i was in aa and i was going through the steps and i was i was learning all of the stuff right and and I like I started to just have so much awareness about myself. I started to have so much awareness. And some of it was coming from the work I was doing. Some of it was coming from an intuitive place. But I started to just have like these kinds of spiritual awakenings where I just started to be so aware of myself, what was happening inside my body, what was happening inside my own mind. And I remember going up to my sponsor at the time. Was this was a guy named Johnny. He's a fantastic human being, great guy. And I remember going up to him and it was like, it was like I had just, the only way I can describe it is that for the first time in my life, I was finally aware of what was happening inside my own mind. And what I, what I saw when I was really looking at the thoughts inside my own mind was I was just looking at an insane amount of judgment. And I was just judging everyone for everything, every person I saw. I would have some kind of judgment about them. And what I was really doing, what the judgment was really doing was it was a comparison, is I was comparing myself to other people. And for myself at the time, I had to constantly find a way to tear people down, everybody. I had to constantly find a way to tear them down. I had to constantly find a way to point out their inadequacies. And the reason I had to find a way to do this was because I felt so inadequate. Like this was literally like if you can, if you can see this, and I know I'm not the only one who experienced this. If you can see within yourself your own feeling of inadequacy that needs to bring down other people in order to justify your existence. It's like, I feel insufficient. And when I look at other people, I need to bring them down in some way to make myself feel okay about who I am. And then the flip side of that, the flip side of that is that maybe you don't do that because there are definitely people who don't do that. But what the other side of the spectrum is, is it's not... It's not so much about judgment against other people to defend yourself, but it's just judgment about yourself in relationship with other people. And so you look around at people and you just see all the ways that they're better than you. Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I wanna let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're gonna do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face to face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call, and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program, and when we work together, I am gonna give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain and I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our Discovery Calls. Lots of love. But whether, again, whether it's judgment against yourself or whether it's judgment against other people, there is this constant tendency to to view yourself as unequal, to view yourself as, again, less than or greater than other people. And this is simply just a way to try to survive. It is simply just a way to try to survive. And judgment, again, whether it's against other people or against yourself, judgment is a way to create separation. It's a way to create distance. It's a way to put myself over here and you over there. If I tear you down, what I'm doing is I'm putting distance between you and me. If I tear myself down, what I'm doing is I'm putting distance between you and me. And this is very, very subtle. You know, I remember at the time And this is similar time period, maybe, you know, within a few years of each other. But back when I started to have this realization about how judgmental my mind was and about how automatic it was and about this need I had to constantly find the differences between me and other people. Right. When I was at this time in my life, I remembered I had some friends and they, they were actually two friends in particular that I remember. And we were roommates. We all lived in a house together. And these roommates of mine, they were more financially successful than me. They were more stable in their life. They drove nicer cars than me. They had, I'd say, better jobs than me, right? Like just, you know, kind of on a on a superficial level on the outside in terms of the amount of money they had, the lifestyle they had, the car they drove, the job they had, all it's you know, et cetera, et cetera. These were people that were a step ahead of me in many ways. Now they also had more help than I did, right? They're, they had they had parents who, like my parents did nothing for me. My mom because she couldn't, my dad because he wouldn't, and I was just again like 21 years old, got out of jail, had nothing. I was completely alone in the world. I had to build my life from scratch. And I didn't have parents who had the the means or the willingness to help me. And so I was kind of on my own. Fortunately, I had lots of other people who helped me. I, I, I had incredible friends and, and mentors and uh, amazing, amazing people who who showed up for me You know, in a way that my parents weren't able to. But all of that aside, I was living with these two guys who on a superficial lov- level were a step ahead of me in life. I felt smaller than them. I felt inadequate in relationship with them. And and I want to be clear, like these were two of my best friends and we would laugh and joke and hang out and have a great time together. But inside my own mind, I would judge them. And inside my own mind, there was some resentment against them because they had aspects of their life that that I wanted and didn't have myself. And that was painful to me. It was painful to me to face that and and to face that every day. And so to survive that at the time, me being who I was at the time, having my fears, my insecurities, my inadequacies, my doubts and all of this in order to survive in those relationships, I had to put some distance between us. And so I would find ways to tear them down, to bring them onto my level so I could feel better about myself. Right? And so I was constantly in this relationship of comparison, of very sensitive to what I felt was lacking within myself and needing to, needing to, again, justify that by putting myself above other people. And what I wanna say is like, this was just very lonely for me. This was just very, very lonely for me. Because even, even in relationships, where maybe i maybe i had close friendships that were very fulfilling maybe i was dating someone you know maybe i liked them and, and maybe it was even going well maybe it even had great potential in some respects but no matter what it no matter how good it was on the outside or how much potential there was Inside, I felt very alone and very empty. And this was my pervasive experience of life. And what's really interesting is how this limited me. Right? Like, it it wasn't like all this whole game of trying to justify my existence and making me feel better about myself and and having to compare myself and do all of this to make myself feel better. Like all it was doing was it was hurting me because the truth was I had to play it safe. I had to play it safe in my life. I had to play it safe in my relationships. You see, I wasn't able to be fully engaged. I wasn't able to really go for it. Like if I really liked someone, if I thought, wow, like that's the kind of person in the wildest dream of of who I, you know, who I imagine I could be with or the kind of partner I could have, I did not have the ability to go for it with that person because I had to play it safe. And this is what this game I was playing of the constant comparison, this is what it was creating in me. This is what it was. It was limiting me in these ways. And it was creating a consistent experience of loneliness, of isolation, of separation from others. And I wanted what I think we all want, right? I wanted what I think we all crave, this this deep intimacy, this deep love, this deep passion, right? Like, I think that's something that we all crave in life. And I think it's something that we all want. And I wanted it just as much as we all do. But my very approach in life was preventing me from having that. because I fundamentally didn't see myself as worthy of it. And this whole game I was playing to try to make myself more worthy, to try to boost my ego, to try to put myself above other people, it was like this fake trip of momentarily feeling better than. But what it was really doing was underneath it all was it was reinforcing all those feelings of inadequacy. And so I had to move into recognizing myself as equal. I had to move into recognizing myself as equal. And so I want to say about this, like it didn't happen overnight. And it was, it was definitely a journey of healing and coming to understand myself as equal. But, but I will say, and this is the honest truth, is I got to a place in my life where there is not a single person on the planet that I feel is above me, and there is also not a single person on the planet that I feel is below me. There is the simple recognition in my heart that we are all the same. We are all born into this world, some of us born into more ideal circumstances than others but we are all born into this world. None of us get a roadmap. None of us get a a guide on how to do this. None of us get these, you know, special abilities, (laughs) right? We're all the same here. And we are all kind of dropped off in this world to create a journey for ourselves. And there is, there is nobody who's exempt from that. You are not exempt from that. I am not exempt from that. There's not a single person on this planet who's exempt from that. And what we've gotta, what we've gotta really come into is is this recognition of who we are. Like, like for those of you who doubt yourself, like you've really gotta get it there is not a fucking single thing about you that makes you less than anyone else. I don't care if you have some extra weight on you. I don't care if you don't look the way you think you're supposed to look. I don't care if you don't make a certain amount of money. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there is nothing about you that makes you fundamentally less than another human being. And most of those things that you hate yourself for the extra weight, the lack of income, the whatever it is, like all those things that you judge and you hate yourself for, most of those things will fall away very naturally when you get it how equal you are. It's, it's like a miracle, actually. It's, it's really, really amazing how so many of the things that we judge ourselves for and criticize ourselves for fall away Naturally when we recognize the inherent inequality that's within all of us. And so growing into equality is really a matter of growing into worthiness. You know, most of you think like, I don't, I don't know if this is most of you, but, but most people think that worthiness or like really feeling worthy is about feeling better than other people. And I want to say that's what the ego says worthiness is. Because the ego cannot handle equality. Because when when the ego experiences equality, what it really experiences is like a death. Because the ego was made to separate. The ego was made to create distance between you and other people. Because the ego does not feel safe. The ego feels in danger. And so the ego, the more distance the ego can create, the more it can keep you over there and me over here, the more safe the ego will feel. And equality bridges the distance. When I see myself as equal, there's no distance between me and you anymore. It doesn't matter how much money you make, we're the same. And you see, this is what's really amazing about it because the ego can't handle judgment. Because the ego judges everyone. And the ego believes that it, it believes that its judgments are true. And so the ego judges everyone and it judges everything and it believes that its judgments are true. And so if you're living in the ego, You're living in the protective structure. You're living in the judgment system that the ego has created. When someone judges you, you can't handle it because you feel the pain of judging someone else. I hope what I'm saying makes sense right now. I know it can can maybe be a little bit tough to connect these dots. But if you are judging other people, you will fear other people judging you. And the reason you judge other people is to protect yourself from them. And the ego has created this incredibly complex system built largely on judgment, largely on separation, largely on creating distance, largely on keeping you away from me so that I can feel safe. And this is like, it's like short-term pleasure, long-term pain. I judge you. I feel momentarily better. And then I feel on the other side of that judgment, a deep pain, a deep sadness, a deep loneliness. And you see, the thing that happens for most people is you don't even recognize the connection. You see, you don't even recognize the connection between how judgment actually hurts you. Because you're judging someone on the one hand, and then a day later or a week later, you feel desperate and inadequate and lonely and hopeless, and you feel like it's never going to happen. And you go, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so inadequate? And you don't even recognize that you've been judging the whole time. And the, the consistent thoughts of judgment that are consistently going through your mind are the very things that are creating this experience inside of your body that feels like loneliness, that feels like isolation, that feels like desperation, that feels like inadequacy but we don't connect the dots. We don't go, oh, I feel inadequate because of my judgment. We just judge constantly, judge ourselves, judge other people, and then we feel inadequate. And we don't get that the one is creating the other. And so... Growing into equality, as I said earlier, is growing into worthiness. Earlier, I was mentioning the story that I was, I was telling my sponsor, Johnny, and I don't even think I finished the story. I think I got onto something else, but I want to finish what I said because I started to have this awareness about all these thoughts that were in my mind. And I said to Johnny, I said, I said, Johnny, I just feel so fucking judgmental. And, and it's driving me crazy. And I think for the first time in my life, I was waking up to the thoughts that had been running my life for my entire life and I had never even realized it. And for the first time in my life, it was coming into my awareness and I was seeing like how fucking judgmental I was. And I hated it because when I could see it clearly, I could also feel how much it hurt. And I remember I just wanted so badly to stop being so judgmental. And it was happening so constantly and so automatically every single person i saw before i could even before i could even have a conscious thought about it the judgment was already there it was like this constant machine that was running in my background it was defining my life and when i told johnny this i said johnny i just i'm becoming aware of how judgmental i am and like it's just incessant and it's driving me crazy and you know what he said to me He said, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that makes people blow their brains out. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, that's not very helpful. But that was what he said to me, and I I guess I just had to deal with it. (laughs) But, you know, I know I'm not the only one because this is a very primitive part of our system. This is a primitive part of, of a human being. You know, I've said this before, if you listen to the podcast, you probably heard me say this when we're, when we're in like a hunter gatherer society, right. Or we're in like cave people, you know, if you could imagine like, this is where we came from, right. We, we think we're like these highly sophisticated beings. Like we're not that sophisticated actually. Like we are, we are quite primitive and we might, we might have sophisticated thoughts, sophisticated plans, sophisticated intentions, but our being is quite primitive. We we are we are like evolved from cave people. We are evolved from like hunter-gatherer societies. And when you live in a hunter-gatherer society, your life is under constant threat from neighboring tribes who want to steal your resources. If you if you don't get accepted, or find a place within your own tribe, you could be exiled, and then and that that means death, right? If you're exiled from your tribe, you're basically left alone to fend in the wilderness, and that that is certain death for a human being, right? Being exiled is certain death. Um, there are animals and the elements and the natural dangers. So, like this is where we've all come from, and you've got to understand our bodies and our minds are adapted to survival. Our bodies and our minds are adapted to survive in a hostile world. And we're in a really unique stage of evolution in humanity right now, where we have reached this point where we have highly sophisticated minds, as I said. We have highly sophisticated intentions. We have highly sophisticated plans. And then what's happened to us is we're these primitive creatures who are living in a highly sophisticated society and the survival mechanisms that exist within us to keep us safe no longer have valid fear to like like you know most of us are not going to be exiled by our tribe most of us are not going to be raided by a neighboring tribe and have all our resources stolen most of us are not going to be uh like, you know, like attacked by a wild animal and eaten for lunch, right? Like that's, those are not the kinds of fears that we have to live with now in a modern society. And so the survival aspects of our beings have become maladapted. And now they are, they're trying to survive things that are not actually a threat. And so, what our egos have done is created this elaborate system of separation based in these primitive fears. And what it really is, is it's a need to try and keep us safe, but there's no danger. And so everything that you're afraid of, you're afraid of rejection you're afraid of what if I don't find love? What if they don't like me? What if they ghost me? What if they abandon me? What if they don't want to see me again? You're you're afraid of all this stuff. Like, these are not real dangers. These are not things that we need to actually be afraid of. Like, I want you to get it. Someone ghosts you and nothing happens. All that happens is someone you didn't know two weeks ago. You're never going to talk to him again. Your life is basically the same. Your life is basically the same. Nothing has really changed. And yet you have these intense reactions to it. Right? Someone says, I'm not really interested in you. I'm interested in that person over there. I think I'm going to go date them. And you go, oh my God, why am I not enough and I feel so awful and I wanted them so badly and why don't they want me back and what's wrong with me? And like, like I want you to get it. These are not real dangers. These are not real problems. These are imagined problems. This is the survival mechanism inside of you trying to protect itself from danger that doesn't actually exist. And you're just caught up in it. And if you can really get what I'm saying right now, you can find your freedom here. Because most of you think that there is something that is actually inadequate about you. That that there is actually something about you that is less than other people. You know, there are people out in the world who find loving conscious relationships, but they have something special that I don't. No, it's not true. They actually have all the same stuff you do. They have the same primitive survival mechanisms that make them feel all the same things, that make them fear all the same things, that make them have all the same doubts and all the same insecurities. They have all the same stuff. What they might have different than what you do is a different relationship with it. That might be the thing that they have that's different from you. Other than that, they got all the same stuff. And why is it important that I say these are imagined fears? It's important because you want to recognize that you don't need to overcome the fear. You don't need to overcome the insecurity. You don't need to fix the thing that is broken. And most of you are spending your whole lives trying to fix the thing inside of you that you believe is broken and you're never even addressing the real problem because there's nothing broken inside of you. You're perfectly fine. You are perfectly lovable. There is someone out in the world right now who would love you just the way you are, I promise. You don't need to fix or change anything. But what you need to do is become aware of this survival mechanism that is operating within you. Become aware of this fear-based protective mechanism called the ego and learn how to relate with the ego So you stop believing everything it tells you. That's what you need to do. I see Sharon Kaufman's comment right now. She says, when you have trauma, you need to protect yourself like back in the cave. Exactly. Your trauma makes you feel like you're under threat as though there was a wild animal chasing you and you need to protect yourself from it but there's no wild animal there's no monster in the closet and if that person rejects you it literally means nothing and when you recognize yourself as equal as being equ- as being the same as everyone else You will understand that that person rejecting you means nothing. So I see a question right now. It says, how do you cultivate the belief that you don't need to change yourself to be loved in your daily life? What practices are helpful? Great question, Catherine. Thank you for asking. First thing I'm going to say is that if you don't know where to start, start with the Inspired Love program. Like I'm going to say, because like, I could tell you to meditate. I could tell you to journal. I, like there, But the, the healing journey, there's a lot to it because there is developing an awareness of your own internal narratives, developing an awareness of your own egoic patterns, developing an awareness of your reactions, learning how to respond to them. So that's one part of it, right? One part of it is just learning self-awareness. Knowing your patterns, knowing your triggers, knowing how you relate with things, and then learning how to respond to that. That's one part of it. Another part of it is somatically releasing the things you hold in your body, right? So when you get triggered, your body tightens, you feel unsafe, it goes, it throws you into a survival response, Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I want to let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're going to do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face-to-face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program and when we work together, I am gonna give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. So so you've got to learn how to work with the physical aspect of it, how to release the tension and the trauma that you hold in your body so you can actually feel safe enough in your own body to receive love into your life. So there's an awareness aspect of it. There is a somatically working with the body aspect of it. And then there's there's a third aspect of it that I would say is just knowing what works and learning the skills that actually work. So when you're talking to people, like, you know what to say and you know how to say it. And like, you know, there's there's got to be like a level of relating with others in a powerful, confident, and attractive way. Right? So there are all these different approaches. And what I do in the Inspired Love Program is I actually walk you step by step through each approach, through each aspect of this. And there are other ways to do it. So I'm not saying the Inspired Love Program is the only way, but that's the place where I've comprehensively put it all together for you. You know, you asked about some practices that would help. Um, meditation is a huge practice that will help. You know. In meditation, and what I mean specifically by meditation is you create some distance between you and your ego, right? In meditation, rather than being immersed with the ego the way we usually are 99% of the time in our lives, what you do is you observe the ego, right? They tell you you to observe the thoughts passing through the clouds like in a blue sky or, or passing like clouds through a blue sky, right? So that's what you do with the ego. In meditation, you observe the ego. You observe the thoughts. What are the internal narratives that are running? I've had a daily meditation practice for 10 years now. Okay, every day when I sit in meditation, what I do is I create distance between myself and my thoughts. I allow the thoughts to be there, but I don't identify with them. If you develop a practice of doing this, then what's going to happen is you're going to start taking your thoughts not so seriously. Your thoughts aren't going to trigger you so intensely because there will be some distance between you and your thoughts. You know, journaling is just a great practice uh, for releasing, for getting what's inside out, right? Physical activity, movement in the body, whether it's exercise, whether it's dancing, that's a great practice. So these are practices that help. But I want to say, like, You probably need a guide to be honest with you because without somebody guiding this process for you, you're not really going to know where to go or what you're doing. I mean, you could read a bunch of books. You could listen to a bunch of podcasts. You can try to piece it all together yourself and you you could probably get a long way with that. But, but I would say like, how much time do you want to spend? You know, like, do you want to, Do you want to spend the rest of your life trying to sort through all this stuff, or do you want someone who's been there and knows how to do this to show you the way? Do you want to get there faster would be my question. Like, I mean, you could try to figure it all out for yourself, or you could just get someone to show you the way. But moving into an experience of equality, I want to just talk a little bit about what this creates because when you're, when you truly feel as though you are equal to everyone, as though there is no one out there who is better than or worse than you in any way, there's nothing to prove to anyone. There's like, I I want to like, I want to just describe it as like, there's just this beautiful freedom in your life. There is just this beautiful, like, there's nothing to protect yourself from. There's nothing to defend yourself against. There's nothing that can really hurt you. And yeah, you have feelings like a human being, but they're just feelings. Like, they don't mean anything about you. They're just movements of energy inside your body. Sometimes it feels very big and expansive. Sometimes it feels very tight and contractive. But you don't need to protect yourself from these feelings. They're just a part of you. They're just fluctuations of energy in your body. You don't need to protect yourself from anyone else because, like, here's the thing. If somebody rejects you and you see that person as being above you in some way, you see that person as being better than you, and they reject you. Oh, well, that, I mean, that's tough. You're in a tough position now because like I want you to see how that works, right? If you place this person above you in your own mind and then they reject you. Well, what they're actually doing is in your experience of it, it's someone who had, who had the right to tell you who you are because you've put them on this pedestal, because you've placed them above you, now their opinion of you actually means something because of how you have positioned them in your own mind. And when they reject you, that is going to feel devastating because, again, you have put them in a position in which they have the right and the ability to do that. But when you see this person as your equal, as another human being dropped off in this planet, trying to figure it out, just as lost as you are, or maybe just as found as you are, Right? Right? But they're just here figuring it out for themselves the same way you are. There's nothing special about them. There's nothing greater than about them. When they reject you, it's like, okay, whatever. It doesn't mean anything, it doesn't hold any weight because they're just another person. There is an incredible power in recognizing yourself as equal, at that point you are free. what starts to happen when you get to that place is you start to see life so much more clearly. And all the things that you used to take personally, everything that you felt like was an attack against you, everything you felt like, oh, it hurts so bad when they say this or when they do this, like everything that you felt diminished your value. You start to actually see where all of that is coming from. Where before there was this guy and he basically had your heart in the palm of his hands and, you know, whatever he would say or whatever he would do would just, you know, he had the ability to make you feel amazing Or to make you feel inadequate. And his opinion of you held so much weight. Now you look at him from a place of equality. And you see, oh my God. He's just a traumatized little boy. He's just a little boy. Trying to prove himself. Trying to feel good enough. You go, oh my God! He he said he liked me one day, and then he said he liked someone else the next, and and he's going out with all these girls. And what what makes them better than me? And all, like all this stuff that you were trapped in, you step back and you see that, and you go, oh. He's just. He's just a little again, a little boy. Trying to make himself feel better. Desperately running from himself running from woman to woman to woman to woman, trying to find some sense of feeling okay with himself. And then you go, well, you know, it's not that you think you're better than him, because to do that would be falling into judgment. Right? So it's not that you think you're better than him. It's just that you see who he is. And you see him for who he is. And you don't feel the need to try to change him. You don't feel the need to try to prove yourself to him. You don't feel like his opinion of you has that much weight. Right? So so you it's not about being better than him. It's not about being worse than him. It's just about looking at that and going, well, that's not really the kind of person I want in my life. I don't want someone who is still running from their own inadequacy. I want someone who is clear about their own worth. And so I'm not going to be chasing these people anymore. You know, I see Dancing AF. She asks, can we feel terrible without feeling less than? And I think that's a a great question because I'm not saying you're going to be devoid of emotion, right? Emotion is energy in motion. It's like I said before, it's the fluctuation of energy inside your body. And you're also, you're not going to be devoid of emotion and you're also not going to be devoid of an ego, right? So just because, just because you feel equal does not mean that your ego is not still there doing its thing, making its judgments, operating in that way. But the difference is is before the ego had the ultimate say. So we could say the ego is on the highest level. Now you've placed something else on that highest level. So your ego's down here and something else has taken this top spot. And this top spot is what I would call the authentic self or the true self. So yes, the ego is still working. It's still doing its role. It's still doing what it does. Those judgments are still there. The emotional fluctuations that are often responses to those judgments will be there also. But your experience of all of it is very different. Right? So it's, it's all still there. It's all still there, but your experience of it is very different. And so, what the way it works and the way it happens is it's like you feel those things, but you don't give them so much meaning. And so, it might be like this let's say, let's say I saw Alexa, but not Alexa, just said something. She said, he took a picture with someone else from work. He said he's married and and it was just a picture, but it triggered my fears. And he said, I'm too jealous. Okay, perfect. Let's take an experience like this. Thank you, Alexa. This is a great thing that you're dropping here. So he took a picture with someone else from work. He said he's married and it was just a picture, but that triggered your fears. And, And he said that you're too jealous. Okay. Now you're viewing, and I've been seeing your comments as we go along here, right? So you're viewing yourself as less than him. It's pretty apparent in everything you've been talking about, right? So you're not, you're not really seeing him as your equal. You're not really seeing him as like, look, we're two human beings. We're on the same playing field here. We're just two perfectly worthy, perfectly capable, perfectly awesome humans who are in this life together and figuring it out, right? You're, you're viewing yourself as less than in this relationship. So because of that, his actions, the things he says, the things he does are carrying a lot of weight for you. If he says he likes you, it has the ability to make you feel sky high. If he says he doesn't like you, it has the ability to make you feel like trash. Because when you are relating in this way, that's basically what you're doing. You're basically putting your your value in his hands. And, And I want to just point this out, too, because, see, most of you think that finding love means to find someone who always makes you feel great about yourself, right? Because in your past you've met someone who said, oh my God, you're everything. You're beautiful. You're, you're, I worship the ground you walk on. You're everything I want, right? Or maybe you haven't found that, but maybe you imagine what it would be like to find that, right? But most of us have at least at some point had an experience of someone being in love with us or desiring us or wanting us. And the way we feel when that person wants us makes us feel amazing. And so we automatically assume that what love is, is to find someone who makes us feel that way all the time. And that's not love. That is a huge misinterpretation of love. Love is not finding someone who makes you feel that way all the time. Love is actually being content enough with yourself that someone else's opinion of you doesn't have that much power. That's love. And from that place, the love of someone else becomes a lot more available in your life. I'm going to tell you this. For Alexa, and I say this with a lot of love, for anyone else who might be feeling something similar, when you are are showing up to relationships in such a way that other people's opinion has incredible power over you, you will not find the kind of love you're looking for. You will not. And I say that with big love for you. You are not going to find it that way you need to work through that first. You need to work through that first. You need to get to this place of equality first. Because from this place of equality, he takes a picture on social media. He says he's married. He he you know he says you're too needy. He says whatever, right? If you're relating with him from a place of equality, from a place of we're two perfectly worthy humans here, I'm not saying you're not going to feel anything. You know, you might see that picture on social media and you might feel that pang of like, oh, that didn't feel good. When I saw that picture of him with that girl, like, I didn't like that. That didn't feel good. So you'll, you'll have the emotional response. But what's different is instead of taking that emotional response and equating that to your overall worth, you're going to have that emotional response and you're going to say, you know, I don't know if I want to be with someone who consistently creates this kind of emotional response in me. You're going to start assessing the relationship for its potential. And again, it's not about judging the person because you're not making yourself better than him. You're not going, oh my God, well, he was just a player and a jerk and a fool and whatever and and screw him. I don't need him in my life and fuck that. Like now all you've done if you do that is you just transition from being less than him to better than him. And two weeks later, you're going to meet someone else and you're going to feel less than them and then better and then less and then better and you're going to be flip-flopping and you're going to be stuck in the cycle. Equality is not about making yourself better than anyone. It's about recognizing we're the same. And so when you see that person, it's just simply a matter of, is this person showing up with the kinds of qualities that I am looking for to have the kind of relationship that I want to have? Is this person bringing the things that I am looking for to the table? You know, if he's making posts on social media of him with this other girl and all this stuff, that's fine, he can do that if he wants to. I'm just gonna be honest about how I feel about it. I'm just gonna look at that and say, okay, based on this experience, how do I wanna move forward in this relationship? Maybe I want to start releasing this person. Maybe I just want to internally start just not holding on so tight. Just opening my grip a little bit. Just you know what? I don't really know. Maybe this isn't really what I'm looking for. I'm not going to hold on so tightly, you know, if if he reaches out again and he wants another date, maybe I'll give it one more date just to see how I feel, but But based on what I'm seeing with this person, I'm just starting to detach a little bit. You don't doubt your worth. You don't go, oh my God, he doesn't like me. He took a picture with this other girl. What's wrong with me? Why doesn't he want me? No, you don't do that. You don't do that. You just go, oh, okay. He's hanging out with another girl. Well, that's not really where I thought this was going. I don't like the way that feels. You know, I maybe I need to ask him about it. Maybe I need some more information. Maybe we should talk about it. And maybe we will, but I'm just going to distance myself a little bit. I'm just going to not cling so tightly to this one because I don't like what I'm seeing here. So, I hope you're, I hope you're getting this. That it is not about moving from the toxic unworthiness to the toxic ego inflation. It is not about having the upper hand. It is not about being better than anyone. It is about being the same as everyone. Because, and I, and I want to be clear, I don't mean the same like you're exactly like them. No, you are different. You are unique. You are special. You have gifts. You have talents. There is not one person on this planet that is the same as you, right? So actually your differences are the things that make you amazing. So you actually want to express your differences. You actually want to embody those differences in a bold and beautiful way and, and share them and, and show them in the world. Like That's what you want to do with your differences. But underneath the differences, there's a recognition that, yeah, I have beautiful things about me. Every other human being on this planet has beautiful things about them. I'm unique in my way. They're unique in their way. We all can bring so much to this world. We all can give and contribute so much. And it can be so beautiful. But we're all equal. Because from this place of equality, this is love. Like if there was, if there was one energy that I would say embodies love so completely and so beautifully, it is the energy of equality because it makes no differences between you and other people. It recognizes the inherent worthiness in every single human being. And if you can recognize it in every single human being, then it is also there in yourself. this is love. I remember Ram Das he's one of my favorite teachers if you haven't if you haven't studied Ram Das you should because Ram Das is one of the greatest spiritual teachers of our time. but Ram Das um, he was a he was a Harvard psychologist who got kicked out of Harvard. Um, and then went to India and met a guru in India and he studied under this guru in India and then he came back and brought the teachings of India to the Western world. And I remember he shares a story where he saw his guru yelling at someone and like saying, don't do that! Man, and his guru was like chewing this person out. And for Ram Das, it was so like shocking to see this person who he thought was just the embodiment of pure love chewing someone out and like, you know, yelling at them. And he asked him about it. He goes, he, the guru's name, he called him Maharaji, which is something they call gurus in India. And he called him Maharaji and he said, Maharaji, why were you yelling at that person? And how is that loving? And Maharaji said this. He said, it's okay to be angry, but you never throw someone out of your heart because of your anger. It's okay to be angry, but you never throw someone out of your heart because of your anger. And by the way, I'm not saying to go around yelling at people. In in most situations, generally, it's probably advisable to to talk in a calm and, and loving manner. But this was just the story he told. But I thought it was so powerful, this idea of it's okay to be angry, but never throw someone out of your heart in your anger. And love and equality, the way I'm talking about it here, is very much in alignment with that. Right. It's very much in alignment with I might not like the things you do. I might not like, you know, if you ghost me, or if you cheat on me, or if you do whatever, you know, if you're a player or you're this or you're that. Like I might not like the things you do. I might not want to include that as a part of my life. But I recognize that it's okay for you to be who you are. And I love you anyway. I recognize that it's okay for you to be who you are. And I love you anyway. You see, love is not something special that we give to the person we love. That's toxic. Like, if, if you have love like that, like it's something special that I only give to this one person that I'm in love with, like that's toxic. And that is going to lead to all kinds of toxicity in all of your relationships. And the loving partnership that you want to have will not come out of that, I promise you. That kind of special love, of like I only give it to select people who I deem worthy of it, that's toxic as fuck and you will not find the kind of deep, intimate, loving partnership you want to have that way. Love, real love, is something you give to everybody across the board, 100%. Everybody gets your love. And you have boundaries. So you say, everybody gets my love. I recognize the inherent beauty and worthiness and lovability of every single human on the planet. And because I see it in every single human being on the planet, I also see it in myself. And I have boundaries. So that means that just because I love you, if you're a serial killer, you don't get to come over to my house for dinner. I love you. I wish you well. You know, maybe you need to go to prison and maybe you need to learn and maybe you you like maybe you need to heal right so like i love you but if you come over to my house i'm going to call the police that's what real love is i don't throw anyone out of my heart ever no matter what they do and not everybody is allowed in my life It's just that simple. If you ghost me, listen, I love you. I don't like what you did, but I love you. I hope you get to a place in your life where you can be a a nice enough human being that you don't feel like you need to ghost people anymore. I, I do wish that for you. And I also have a boundary that says, because you ghosted me, you and I are never gonna speak again. Right? So you had your opportunity to get to know me. You chose to handle it that way. We're not going to speak anymore. But I still love you. I still wish you the absolute best in your life. I still hope you find everything you're looking for. You know, here's another way to think about it. Everything you do to other people, you are also doing to yourself. Everything you do to other people, you are also doing to yourself. When you can really get that, right, like there's, there's no need to boost yourself above anyone else. There's nothing about you that is less than anyone else. That you are fundamentally equal and you can start to show up to life that way across the board in all situations all of your fears, doubts, and insecurities are going to fall away. They will. They will just vanish. Because it's, it's just not true. It's just not true about you. And the more you see that in yourself, And the more you bring this energy of love and equality to your life across the board, the more you become the kind of person that people just want to be around you because they want to feel your energy. That's what love is. And I'm just gonna say, and like I see it happen over and over and over again when people live that way, love in terms of a loving partnership with another person that finds them. they are not out there chasing love. that finds them so you know the in in closing, and I'm, I'm going to take some questions today, but as I close out this message, I want to say that, you know, really, really make it a goal for yourself to see yourself as equal to everyone. Really just make that your truth, to see yourself as equal to everyone, to see yourself and everyone as completely worthy, completely lovable, unique and special and gifted and beautiful, but equal. All right. With that, I'm going to open up for some questions now. I've seen a a few of you dropping them in. So let me go ahead and take a look. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show. But if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I want to let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're going to do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face to face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program. And when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. Question is from Yuri Del Rivero. She says, this is exactly what my boyfriend is going through. We've talked about it and I want to help him, but he just doesn't let me in and he's just coping with it all. Is there a way to actually help him? Well, thank you for the question. And so in a general sense, you know, like, I want to say it's not your job to help him. It's your job to love him. And love is an interesting thing because, you know, we often think that love is like, let's just be all lovey and mushy and close and share everything and, you know, all of that. And sometimes love looks like letting someone go. Sometimes love looks like giving someone space. You know, I would I would challenge you on this, Yuri, and I'm challenging you with love, but I want to challenge you to look at something here. You say you want to help him. Is your helping, is your desire to help coming from a genuine care about him? Or is it coming from a need to have him open up to you so you can feel better about the relationship? And I know that's a tough question I'm asking right now. But you got to really recognize that a lot of times when we want to help people, our helping is incredibly self-interested. Because all we want to do is help that person fix whatever's going on with them so they can show up the way we want them to and we're not really honoring that person's journey of what they're going through so some some things some things i would coach you on here is like one does he even want help two in most cases you're not going to be the as his partner as his girlfriend like you're not going to be the one to help him like in some instances you might but like Like, my wife doesn't help me go through my stuff. I have a therapist. I have a coach. I have friends I can reach out to. Sometimes I might share with my wife what's going on. But normally when I'm sharing with my wife, I don't want her to help me with it. I want her to hold me. I want her to understand me. I want her to love me. I want her to tell me that it's okay. I want her to tell me that she gets it. I want her to tell me that she feels what I'm going through. I want empathy. I don't want her help. I don't need her help. I am perfectly capable of helping myself. And if I need support in sorting through my thoughts, that's what I have a therapist for. You know, if I'm dealing with like business stress or or things like that, that's what I have a coach for. Right. So, so I have people in my life who are there to help me when I'm struggling with specific things. But honestly, like, I don't want my relationship to be a space where we're always bringing our problems to each other and like trying to fix each other's problems. That's not what I want in my relationship. And honestly, I don't think that's what my wife wants either. Like, when she brings her problems to me, she doesn't want me to fix them for her. She just wants me to wrap her up in a big hug and tell her I get it and tell her that she's okay and tell her that it's gonna be okay and tell her that she's brilliant and capable and I know that she's got everything it takes to get through this. And my wife has a coach, right? So when she needs to work through stuff, she talks to her coach about it. So, you know, like in most cases, When your partner tries to help you, it's self-interested. Because if it wasn't self-interested, all you would be doing is loving him. And all you would be doing is saying, hey, what do you need right now? I understand what you're going through. Can I hold you? Can I make you something to eat? Can I go for a walk with you? You know, do you just need some reassurance? And if he wants help, help is available, right? There there are literally thousands of of therapists in the world who can help him work through this stuff. And if he doesn't want help enough to seek it on his own, then, then like honestly you've got to ask yourself if this is the kind of relationship that you want to be in, you know, like something, something my wife and I have have talked about from the very beginning of our relationship, because my wife uh, was married once previously. And when she talked to her partner about going to therapy, her, her, her previous husband, when she talked to him about going to therapy, he was a fuck no. He was like, nope, if you want to go to therapy, you can go. I'm fine. I don't need therapy. And that was the reason she divorced him. She divorced him because when it came time to get help, he was unwilling to do it. And she was not going to be the one to stand there and try to fix him or try to fix their relationship all on her own. She was like, look, we have problems. We have things we need to work through. You're either going to meet me on the same page here and we're going to go do this work together or our marriage is over. He made his choice and she made hers. And so in the very beginning of our relationship, she shared this with me and it was something we talked about and we made an agreement like, look, the moment someone says therapy or or coaching or or some kind of help is needed, the moment someone says this, it's just a done deal. We're, We're doing it doesn't matter if you think we need it or not the moment one of us says that we're doing it and that's an agreement we have in our relationship so i think this is really it's really an important question you're asking and thank you for the question and what i want to say is like as a partner your job is to love your partner and yes there might be times when you have deep vulnerable conversations where you share your fears and your insecurities and your doubts and your frustrations and your struggles. But as a partner, when when your partner shares that stuff with you, it's not your job to try to fix it. If you do that, you are going to make the relationship unsafe for your partner. They're going to not want to share things with you because they're going to feel like every time I share something with you, you're trying to fix me. Your job is to hear your partner, to love them and to understand them and to support them. And when help is needed, get professional help. Like don't don't put that on your partner like it's their job to fix your stuff. It's not. It's not their job. And if you put that on your partner, you're going to have a really toxic relationship. So great question. I know I challenged you a little bit on that one, but thank you for dropping it. And um, and yeah, just thank you so much. So Sharon Kaufman asks, how can I equal myself with someone who hurt me so much? Beautiful, beautiful question. Okay, so um, a couple of things here. Now, one, like it's going to be it's going to be important to feel what you feel around it. Like, that's the first thing I I want to say. It's just, it's going to be important to feel what you feel around it. And um, like, you want to, what do I want to say here? Like, you want to feel what you feel around it and, and try not to equate feeling bad with meaning something about your worth. A lot of us make the mistake of when we feel emotional pain, if we were rejected, if we were ghosted, if we were ignored or cheated on or whatever, a lot of us make the mistake of assuming when we feel emotional pain that that is a reflection of our worth that that is a reflection of what we can expect from life or what our value is. Like, no, not at all. Everybody experiences emotional pain and everybody is worthy. Okay, so emotional pain does not equate to a lack of worth. But what happens is when you feel emotional pain, your ego starts going into a narrative to try to protect yourself from it. And I know it's it's kind of counterintuitive to think, okay, my ego's gonna tell me I'm less than to try to protect me from my emotional pain, but it it is what it does. And psychologically, it actually is congruent because by the ego telling you you're less than that person, it creates a distance from that person. It creates a distance between you and that person And that distance keeps you safe from the pain that person would continue to cause you if you were to remain in relationship with them. So the equality comes in just recognizing who you are. Like you don't have to do anything to be equal. You don't have to make yourself any better. There's nothing inside of you that's broken that needs to be fixed in order for you to be equal. E- like equality is just the simple recognition of who you are. And so it doesn't matter that the person hurt you so much. Yeah, they hurt you. So all, like all you've really got to do is recognize at some point in your past that, hey, at some point in my past, I was viewing myself in a position where I was less than someone else. And I gave them lots of power over me and they were able to hurt me. But now I see who I am. Now I recognize my worthiness. I recognize that like the very fact of my existence means I'm worthy. I don't have to add anything to myself or do anything to myself. I'm not less than that person. So what they said or what they did doesn't really need to hurt as much as I allowed it to hurt. And maybe I'm feeling some things about it. So I definitely want to feel what I'm feeling. I definitely want to honor the emotional transition that I'm going through. I want to love myself through that transition, right? So as I'm going through that, I just want to tell myself, it's okay to feel this. It doesn't mean anything about your worth. You are lovable, you are worthy, you are beautiful. You know, I just, I want to love myself as I go through this. A lot of us beat ourselves up when we go through this, right? So rather than beating yourself up as you go through it, you want to love yourself as you go through it. It's okay to feel this. It's normal to feel this. It doesn't mean anything about my worth. I am lovable, I am beautiful, and I'm experiencing something right now, right? There's really just equality is just really about creating a gentleness inside of you right the ego is the ego is very harsh and it's it's be, it's because it's afraid right and it's it's frantic and it's trying to push and control and it's the ego is is very harsh right so it's really about bringing a gentleness bringing a softness and just allowing Allowing all of it to be okay, allowing that person what they did to be okay, allowing you to be okay as you are, allowing the feeling that you're having to be okay. And this is going to, the more, the more you accept and allow what's happening, the more you will feel your equality. You know, I want to say in your question, Sharon, and I'll end with this. In your question, when you say, how can I equal myself with someone who hurt me so much? You're still making it about that person, but it's not about being equal with that person. It's about being equal, period. Right? So even in the way you're framing that for yourself, you're still trying to like get yourself up on that person's level. And that means you still have them up on a pedestal, right? So this is like, what I'm talking about here is kind of revolutionary in the sense that it's not just an adaptation to what you've been doing already. It's a completely different way of viewing your self-life and everything in it, right? So I hope you get that, right? I'm I'm not telling you to just rearrange what you're already doing. And do it a little better. I'm talking about like letting go of all of it. All the things you've been holding on to. All the stress and the tension and the fear and the anxiety and the pressure and like all of it. Right? Letting go of all of it. And and getting to know yourself on a whole new basis. There's a level of acceptance where it's like, I'm okay. And you're okay. And the person who hurt me is okay. And everyone and everything is okay. I'm in resistance to nothing. I accept all of life. I love all of life. And within within the domain of my creative ability, and the choices I want to make for myself, and the life I want to have. I have certain boundaries where some things I allow, some things I don't allow. I have certain choices where I I choose to do some things, I choose not to do other things. But, But it's not about trying to equate yourself with anyone it's it's an acceptance of the equality that's already there you know this is so this is so challenging for us to understand because we've been raised in a culture that is constantly telling us to do more and be more and get that good job and make that good money and drive that fancy car and, and go to those beautiful destinations and post it on Instagram so everyone can see what a glamorous life you have, right? Like, this is the culture that we live in. It's the water we swim in. And like, you can't even, I mean, literally, like, I can't even open my email without seeing a hundred messages telling me that I need to do more or be more to be enough buy this thing, take this trip, hire this thing, right? Like it's, and, and it's so revolutionary for us to just say that all of that is garbage. You know, like I, this is my experience of life. I look on social media, like I'll scroll through Instagram and I just go like, this is all garbage. It's all just crap buy this thing, look at me with my awesome selfie, look how hot I am, look at me with my friends, Woohoo on the boat, yeah. It's all just ego gratification. It's all a bunch of bullshit. But if you're living into that, if you're buying into that, it doesn't feel like bullshit. It feels real and it feels intense and you feel like you've gotta compete with that to be enough. I don't feel that way anymore. There is not a single person in the world that has the ability to activate that insecurity in me that makes me wanna prove myself. That just doesn't happen for me anymore. And I'm not bragging. I'm not, please understand, I'm not saying I'm better than you because that doesn't happen to me. I'm just saying that's how I feel. And and what I what I want to get across is that we can all feel that way. We can all feel that way because that's who we are. Like that's who we are. So yeah, I just, I want to say that, and I think I'm going to close out with that right now because that's a really great point to end this on. You know, there there is nothing to get, nothing to achieve, nothing to fix. And there are so many people out there who are going to tell you there is. Because capitalism is built on it. You know, you look at your neighbor. Oh, my neighbor has a nicer house than me. Okay, I need to get a bigger house. My neighbor drives a nicer car than me. I need to get a nicer car. You know, oh, look at these people posting about their beautiful life on social media. Well, look at them with all their friends. Why don't I have friends like that? You know, oh, look at them with their beautiful relationship. Why don't I have a relationship like that? Maybe when I get a relationship, I'll finally be as happy as they are. It is all bullshit. A hundred percent of it. The only thing you need to do is elevate yourself to a place where you see that it's all bullshit. Stop buying into the trap. And from that place, from that place of equality, You will see that life is just life is just a space of creation like one you can have anything. You want a relationship, you want a beautiful home, you want a beautiful career, you want to live your passion, you want to travel the world, like you can have any of it. It's all available to you. You were born with the creative ability to create all of it. And then From that place, from recognizing all the noise is bullshit, all the prove yourself, get this, become that, it's all bullshit. When you see that and you recognize your worthiness, you will come to know yourself as a creator. And then life becomes a playground for your creation. And it's just, what do I want to do today? I'll share this, um, and and I'll I'll end with this. This is going to be the last thing I share today. But I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. I had a meeting with my team, um, my Inspired Love team, because we're in the last week, which, by the way, I mentioned this earlier. I just want to mention it again. Um, We are in the very last week of enrollment for Inspired Love. So it actually starts next Tuesday, one week from today. Um, This is probably going to be the last podcast where I'm speaking about it. So... um, We are in the last week, and I know there are a lot of you who are maybe on the fence thinking about it, considering it. Um, It's time to make your decision. Go to inspiredloveprogram.com, book your call with us so we can get the process started for you and get you enrolled. Um, We are at crunch time now. You know, the, the procrastinators don't have a lot more time, right? But, um, so I want to shout that out. If you want to do the program, if you're interested, go to inspiredloveprogram.com, book your call because we are in the last week, and we are not going to take any any late enrollments. We don't do that. We close enrollment and we're done. Um, but that being said, I was on a call with my team yesterday because, you know, in this last week, and we want to get the maximum number of people in the program, and, and so we're brainstorming okay. What can we do to promote and get the word out there and connect with people and share the information? And, you know, just we're just having a brainstorming session about all the different ways we could get the word out there about the program. And it was just, it was so exciting just to, you know, like if, if you've ever been in a meeting like that, you know how someone shares an idea and someone else shares an idea and then it just kind of spitballs. And then the ideas just become very exciting. It's like, oh, we could try this. We could try that. We could try this. And then you just, it like the energy, the collective energy is just so exciting. And I remember getting off of this call, feeling just this surge of excitement. Like I was so excited to go into this next week and see what we create with, you know, just how many people we can get in the program and all of this. And I I had an awareness in that moment about the old me from years ago when I was maybe early on in my coaching career and I was trying to like host workshops and things. And and I remember being in meetings very similar to this in the past and brainstorming all these ideas and getting out of the meeting and just feeling in my heart like this heaviness of like, we're going to do all of this, but it's not going to amount to anything. And that was a direct reflection of my worth at the time. Of the level at which I felt my own worth. And and like that idea that we're going to do all of this, we're going to go crazy for the next week and it's not going to amount to anything. We're not going to enroll anybody in the program. And yesterday I was just sitting there feeling this like surge of authentic excitement And and it was just like, I can't wait to see what happens. Like anything could happen. We might not enroll anyone else. We might just move forward with the people we have. We might enroll 20, 30 other people. Like I don't know what's going to happen. But the sheer joy of being completely engaged in the process and like alive and on fire about what I'm up to in my life and the excitement of I don't know what's going to happen and I don't even really care what's going to happen if we enroll people or we don't like it doesn't really matter to me. Obviously, you know, I'd like to enroll more people, but but just the excitement of playing the game and being all in with it and the joy of that and not even knowing where it's going to lead to. It's such a beautiful space to live in. And yesterday after that meeting, I was just sitting in the gratitude of how it feels to live in that space and remembering how it used to feel to come out of a meeting like that and just feel in my heart like this isn't going to amount to anything. And I want to say some of you are doing that in your love lives. Some of you are out there doing everything you can, going on the dating apps. I'm going to commit to one date a week and I'm going to meet lots of people and uh, you're, you're doing everything you can. But underneath it, You're living with the assumption that I'm going to do all of this and it's not going to amount to anything. And if you're living with that assumption, that's going to be your reality. Because it's not about what you do, it's about who you are, it's about the energy that you embody. I can't tell you. I was just, I was talking to Rami, uh, one of the graduates of Inspired Love, and she shared with me that she just started um, being authentic on social media. She didn't get on dating apps. She didn't do anything else. All she did was she started authentically posting on social media. So she started being vulnerable. She started sharing her truth. She started sharing things about herself that she would normally hide. And all of a sudden, this amazing man who she's now building this incredible relationship with reaches out to her and says, I want to get to know you. She didn't use a single dating app. She didn't go on a single date. All she did was start authentically expressing herself on social media. And people start reaching out to her. And I can't say that this is the one for her. I don't know. They just met. But I just point that out because... It's not about what you do, it's about who you are. It's about the energy you embody. So in closing. Sorry, my battery my battery is dying there, but um in closing I just want to say this. I want to say that You are, excuse me, you are already equal. There is not a single person on this planet who is better than you in any way. And there is not a single person on this planet who is worse than you in any way. You are part of the human collective. And you are incredibly, fundamentally, beautifully, totally equal. And all you need to do is accept that about yourself. And it will elevate you to an experience of life that is beyond anything you can imagine. And I'm just going to say, this is going to be my last shout out about it because we're closing the program next week. If you want me to guide you in this process, join the Inspired Love program. You can go to inspiredloveprogram.com. You can read some information about the program. can read some testimonials. You can apply there. Um, when you apply, you'll be able to book a discovery call with my team. We'll answer any questions you have, let you know if the program's right for you. And then if you're ready, you join. If you want my guidance in the process, that's the way to get it. If you want to figure it out for yourself, that's cool too. But whichever way you go about it, I want you to find the place in your heart where you recognize how incredibly equal you are. And that will bring you everything you want in life. All right. I'm going to close it out with that. Lots of love, everybody. Thanks for being with me today. Sending you many blessings wherever you are. Um, Those of you who are joining me for Inspired Love, I will see you next Tuesday. And I'm just so excited about that. I can't even tell you. But thank you for being with me today. Those of you who are live, those of you who are listening on the podcast, it is a pleasure to be here and to share with you. Thank you so much. I'm sending you lots of love and many blessings. And I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.